Hey guys, welcome to another episode of podcast Travel the Earth. I am the host Simon and today I am here with Jess. Jess, thank you so much for coming today. No, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. For me, it's a pleasure. It's an honor to be here. Uh, so I'm really excited to see your questions. Yeah, I am also really excited to learn so much more about your country, which you will then introduce. So now, uh, as I said, this episode is mostly about you and the country that you are from. So please tell us something about yourself. What do you do? Where are you from? And so on. Well, uh, I'm Ecuadorian. So uh, Ecuador is located between Colombia and Peru in South America. Uh, we have the Galapagos Islands. And I will tell you a little bit more about my country soon. But I also have a travel website, a travel blog called Travel to Blank, where I like sharing with my readers and with my followers on Instagram the different places where that I visit uh, around the world. You know, I right now I'm trying to focus more on the United States and Central and Caribbean and South America just because of the pandemic. I don't feel comfortable traveling um, to Europe or um, Asia just to keep it safe, but I'm still trying to get some content going still. Yeah, I totally understand it. And you are doing great with traveling. I saw your Instagram. That's also Travel the Blank. And really the photos and the locations that you visit are amazing. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. It's, it really is. So let's start with the Ecuador. How would you describe Ecuador from a geological point of view? Because uh, when I looked at the map, uh, I saw that it was quite diverse, to be honest. Yeah, uh, Ecuador is one of the most diverse countries in the world. Uh, we pretty much have it all. A lot of people focus on their trips in Costa Rica because they think they have it all. Well, you haven't gone to Ecuador. Ecuador, it's even better. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, you know, we're such a, sh a small country. Like you can drive from east to west within five hours and literally have breakfast. You know, looking at the and having lunch like in the mountains, in the volcanoes, seeing snow, and then have dinner in the, in the rainforest. So to me, that's oh. amazing. Like it's, it's just, we are a really diverse country with a lot of nature, a lot of different landscapes, and above all, a lot of different cultures. Uh, within Ecuador, uh, we are so rich in our diversity in people, as well as in cultures, religions, and even languages. So it, it is just a great country that has it all. It it sounds really, really unique. I can name like a similar countries like that. I think that maybe some uh, like uh, countries in South America have similar that they have also mountains and also rainforest. Uh, but you said that you have, but they are, for example, Colombia is really, really big. And when I look at the uh, Ecuador is much smaller and still it has so much to offer. So let's say that we are planning our trip to Ecuador and we would like to experience most of the things that Ecuador has to offer. So let's start for an example with Amazon rainforest. What can we expect there and how does an usual trip to Amazon rainforest look like? 
Well, uh, to go to the rainforest, I will recommend at least three to four days, uh, just because it's a little bit harder to get there uh, to the actual rainforest itself. So the way Ecuador works is that we have four different regions. So we have the coast, we have the highlands, we have the rainforest, and then we have the Galapagos Islands. So within the rainforest region, which is called the Amazonian or like Amazonia, you know, uh, there's different cities where they're easily accessible, but then if you actually want to go to the jungle, like to the heart of the rainforest, then you have to take different uh, different boats or canoes to get there. Uh, so it, it takes a little bit of planning and it takes a little bit of time to get to a place uh, from one place to another. For instance, when I did it, I, I, I flew into Quito, uh, which is the capital of Ecuador, then I had to drive four hours to Coca, which is like, let's say the capital of the rainforest region, if you want to call it like that. Uh, and then from there, I actually had to take different boats to different places within the Yasuni National Park, uh, which can take anywhere from, you know, half an hour to an hour, depending on the place you want to go or what tours you're taking. Uh, and then if you want to go even more deeper into the national, uh, into the rainforest, then you can go five hour boat ride to literally almost what we consider the border between Peru and uh, Peru and Ecuador, which is fantastic. And over there, you can actually see a lot of nature just because it is so 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 uh, far away from the rest of the communities that you like. I was able to even see pink dolphins, which for me was like something unbelievable. So we have spent uh, some time in the Amazon rainforest. We experienced the jungle and vibe here. And our journey continues to west, I guess, to the mountains. So what do the mountains in Ecuador look like? Well, uh, we actually have the tallest from the center, not from like the baseline, but from the center of the of the earth, we have the tallest uh, volcano, which is the uh, Chimborazo. And then we also have one of the most beautiful volcanoes called Cotopaxi, which is only half an hour away from the capital city, which is really easy to get to. Uh, and you can either, you know, go for the day and try to get as, hi as high as you can or actually do a full like night and day trip to actually try to climb that volcano. Uh, it, the mountains in Ecuador are really beautiful, but what I recommend also visiting are the small towns in between, uh, just because you, then you can actually get a better sense of the local people uh, and their customs. And they even have a different language when you go to a lot of their, these small villages. Um, and you, you just get a more authentic experience of what Ecuador is about and about its diversity. Um, some of the places that I recommend visiting within the Highland region, which is quite long, uh, it's not that wide, but it's long, it's going to Tulcan, which is in the border uh, with Colombia. Over there, which is about like three hours from the capital city, you can see one of the coolest cemetery. Yes, I, I know it's weird, but one of the coolest cemetery in the world because uh, they have like these monuments are made out of trees. So like, they cut the leaves of the trees. Like if you go to Khan Cemetery, Ecuador, you're just gonna be like, wow, that's really beautiful. Uh, then of course, uh, Otavalo, 
which is uh, which has the the biggest market, uh, like handcraft market in South America. Then you can, and then it also have beautiful landscape. Then you can go to Quito, which is the capital, where you can actually see uh, you are in the middle of in the middle of the equator. Uh, then you can go to Quilatoa, which is a beautiful turquoise water lake uh, on top of a volcano. Uh, and then you have Cuenca, which is more in the southern part of, uh, of Ecuador, where you uh, only three hours away from Guayaquil, which is another major city uh, in my country. Uh, and then just the landscape, the people, and seeing how within the same region, people are so different, talk differently, have different slangs. That is just unbelievable. It's just beautiful. Uh, and I would recommend to at least spend another four to seven days, you know, uh, exploring the highland region we have mentioned what to do in like in the inland what to do in the amazon forest and now if we will head to more to the west uh, we will be heading to the coast and how should we spend our time there like on a coast well i would say uh, you need to go to my hometown waikil it's uh it's the biggest city in the country it's actually the new york of ecuador uh that's where all the businesses happens uh so it's beautiful you can spend a day or two there exploring, going to Las Peñas, uh, you know, doing different things, trying our local food. That's not something amazing about Ecuador. Depending on where you go, you will have totally different gastronomy. So it is good to try local food from each region and from each province if you are going to different provinces within each region. But I would say start in Guayaquil and then rent a car and drive through what we call the Espondulus route, uh, which is... You know, it, it is a highway kind of similar to the one in California that goes along the coast. So you can go through different towns, seeing different beaches and have a completely different experience uh, from what you have been traveling so far in the rainforest and in the highlands. Uh, just because our, 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 our beaches are just so beautiful. Like they, it seems like they never stop. And because we have the Pacific Ocean, it, even though it's not, you know, crystal clear waters, it has personality. It has character. Uh, the, you, you, it has waves. I don't know. I just love our coasts because of that. And if you're a surfer, you must go to Montañita. That's where all the surfers always uh, meet up because the waves there are really, really good, really great for it, that sport. I I just found like how Ecuador beaches looks like and it's so really like from a dream I uh, like for me because I'm from Czech Republic and every beach is just wow, just amazing <laughs> because we have nothing like that in here but uh, really uh, guys if you can check out uh, Ecuador beaches like in a Google or somewhere because it looks really really beautiful and I also heard that uh, it's a, a huge huge spot for surfers uh, and like water sports enthusiasts if I can call it like that so yeah, if, I think that if you go to Ecuador, you can you can just do whatever you like. You can go to rainforest, or you can go to you can go hike to mountains, or you can just spend uh, the whole week on the beach. You can do really so many things and still be in the same country. That's that's just yeah. un unbelievable. <laughs> And then we have like the Galapagos Islands, which, you know, are one of the most beautiful and unique places in the world. Uh, a lot of people think about the Galapagos uh, just 
they you know they imagine the iguanas or they imagine the uh the sea lions but once you go underwater the galapas are unbelievable like i have been able without like you know without even trying just getting into the beach i have been able to swim with penguins like come on like how cool is that with yeah like with sea lions like uh when i went to, uh, uh, scuba diving i like you know, I didn't have to go into a cage or anything. I was just going scuba diving and there was like a bunch of like uh, sharks, you know, around me and they were not even mm. interested in anything I have to do. Like they were just passing by, cruising by. Um, and that's the beauty of Isle of the Galapagos. It's like all these animals and within the, with the humans, we have, they have been, uh, they have learned to interact and be part of the ecosystem all together. And it's just really beautiful. And you can spend a whole week there just in enjoying the different islands and their different uh, diversity that it has within, you know, animals and plants. It's just gorgeous. Mm. Galapagos are definitely known from um, all around the world. And I made some little research and I saw that you are not allowed to touch the animals, but the animals yeah. are allowed to touch you or something like that. That's crazy. It is crazy. And, I, and, they will, yeah. and they will get close to you. I mean, uh -huh. I always say and, and, and people tell people to like, if a sea lion comes to you, especially if it's a baby sea lion, do not touch them because they are cute and you will want to touch them. But the problem is if you touch them, then your smell like will get into their skin and their mom will reject them and they would not be able to survive. So that's kind of the cool thing about the Galapagos. Like the animals are really friendly, but it's up to you to stop them from, you know, getting to your space because you can ah. hurt them. But um, but it's beautiful. It, it's a place that you should go at least once in your lifetime. That's for sure. But it but it is definitely important to know this so you can uh, save some sea lions by this. Oh my god, it's uh, really like a dream place, the Galapagos. I am also <laughs> I'm a, I really like animals and all this stuff, and uh, I would all really 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 want to go there sometime in the future. But I also heard that it is quite expensive, like the tours and moving around Galapagos. Is it true? Well, it depends how you want to travel. So, well, with the pandemic, it's a little bit different right now because everything in the travel industry is totally different than what it used to be. Uh, and I hope we get back to where we used to be in regards to uh, traveling. But the Galapagos, before the pandemic, you there were two ways to do it, let's say. One would be you go on a cruise, which would be expensive. We're talking about two to three thousand dollars plus uh, to join a cruise and, 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 and do whatever you want. Or you can do it by yourself. Literally by just flying into, uh, the, you know, either Quito or Guayaquil and then flying to the Galapagos uh, and literally staying in, in hotels that you find there. So, for instance, I have gone to the Galapagos about four times and each of those times I have gone with a budget of $500 per person for 10 days. Uh, and it has been perfectly fine. Yeah. 
and it has been perfectly fine. Of course, I'm not staying in a five-star hotel. I'm staying in a local, you know, hotel that has, you know, a clean bed, a clean shower, uh, of course. you know, an AC, and that cost me about 10 to $15 a night per person, which, you know, on your own room. Mm-hmm. But if you go with, let's say, your spouse, then it's $30 a night. But if you go alone, it's $15 a night. So there is ways that you can do it on the cheap without having to sacrifice uh, sacrifice a lot of different activities like for instance to get from one island to another island it costs 25 dollars the ferry i mean all these prices and all these things are pre-pandemic so i don't know how they are changing right now but uh it was doable like if you want to take a tour for instance in the island to explore the island what i normally recommend is finding one or two or three people i mean if, if you have them in your party that's awesome but if you don't if you're going on your own find two three other travelers and rent a cab for a day so you 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 hire a taxi man for a whole day and he will take you around the island for what eighty dollars and then if you split it in four that's twenty dollars and you can explore the whole island see the main highlights of each island uh and then the expensive part comes when we're talking about scuba diving or snorkeling at certain uh, spots within the Galapagos, where we're talking about 120 plus um, to go scuba diving, which is a little pricey compared to other places in the world, but it's still not ridiculously expensive, you know, like as it is to get into a $5,000 cruise. Mm. Yeah, it's also like depends if you go to a place like Galapagos, you want to experience uh, as much of the islands as possible. And for me, I would really like to experience it and not stay in a five star hotel uh, in a pool, because I think the Galapagos isn't like uh, the place for this kind of uh, vacation. But when you are here, you should uh, see the most of it because there's not such a place like Galapagos Islands anywhere in the world. Yes. That's uh, that's completely true. And I wanted to ask, at which part of Ecuador do most of people live? And also, where is your capital city? Well, so the capital city of Ecuador is Quito. Uh, Quito in Spanish. In Spanish. Uh, the majority of the people live either in the highlands or in the uh, in the coast. The rainforest is not as populated as you know, other places. Uh, in fact, what it was interesting for me learning is when I went to the rainforest, a lot of the people that you're going to meet there are actually people from the highlands or from the coast that move there. Same with the Galapagos Islands. Uh, they do not, like, the amount of pe- the original people from there either got killed or they just kind of got mixed between with people from other uh, regions and they are not, like, from there anymore in the same way. Uh, unless you go to this really local small communities where they are still have their culture and all these things, no? Uh, but the majority of the people, I would say, live in three of the main cities, which is Quito, the capital, Guayaquil, which is like literally the business center of Ecuador, the New York of Ecuador, and Cuenca, which is the cultural center of Ecuador as well. Cult- uh, Cuenca, it's the most beautiful city in the country like if you have to go one place in ecuador besides the galapagos besides the rainforest and you want to visit a city i would recommend you to go to cuenca cuenca is like going back in time uh in the spanier times uh it's a lot of colonial architecture it's just beautiful the people are really friendly Uh, it's it's one of the safest places in the country to be a tourist so i just love it and it has a lot of uh 
landscape and and and, and hiking around it. So from Quito, uh, from Cuenca, an hour away, it's Cajas National Park, which is one of the most beautiful national parks in the country, and an hour. Uh, away as well is uh, one of our Inca ruins, which you know why you need to go to Machu Picchu when you have that in Ecuador. Ah, yeah, <laughs> <Or> smaller size. <laughs> and another thing which uh, can Ecuador offer is uh, also what thing, the course. other states can. Gosh, that's awesome. Okay, and <laughs> uh, I have also read that there is a yeah, that your currency is quite known around the world because is it true that it is a U.S. dollar? Yes, uh, we used to have el, we used to have el sucre, which was our uh, local uh, currency. But then, because of all of our bad uh, governments that we had in the past, we actually had to switch currencies to the USD dollar, and it was the best thing that happened to uh, the Ecuadorian people. At first, it was the worst thing because a lot of people went bankrupt, a lot of people suffer, a lot of people had to migrate. Uh, to Spain, Italy, and other places, New York, just because they lost everything. Uh, but the inflation was getting higher and higher and higher. And I don't think they did it at the right time. They should have done it way sooner. They waited too long to do it. But if they would have not done it right now, we would have been with a lot of other issues. Um which is something really nice for the tourists because they don't have to worry about currency exchange. I mean, depending where you come, if you come from Europe, of course you do. But if you come from um, from the United States, it's it's not that hard. Um, and don't think that because we have USD dollars, we're a really expensive country. We're not. Uh, if you go to the main cities like Quito, Guayaquil, and Cuenca, yes, it's going to be more expensive. It's going to be more pricey. That's like if you go to Czech Republic, if you go to Prague, of course, it's going to be a little bit more than if you go anywhere else. Uh, but uh, it is not crazy expensive. If you go to the towns, if you go to the, uh, you know, to the small places. Uh, countryside. In the yeah. countryside, it's, it's really cheap. Like you can stay places for $10, $20. You can eat for three to $5 a day. So it's really cheap. Mm. That's also, that uh, must be a future reason for uh, US travelers uh, like having Ecuador on their bucket list or on their trip plan. Is, is it true? Do we have a lot of uh, American tourists? Well, we do. Uh, we have a lot of Americans expats uh, that have moved actually to Cuenca just because of the weather and how much their uh, check, you know, their retirement check goes, mm-hmm. you know, works in Ecuador just because, you know, whatever they have in the United States, is, life is more pricier. So if they go to Ecuador, it's just cheaper and their, um, the amount of money that they have, they can make it work even better. So we have a lot mm-hmm. of people who actually move from the United States to Ecuador once they uh, reach retirement age. Mm-hmm. Okay, then uh, I have a important question, very important of question, uh, because like in every other episode, we must talk about food. <laughs> How <laughs> would you describe Ecuadorian cuisine? What are some of your traditional dishes? I will I will describe it as good, delicious, but also pretty fatty. Uh, we like, I mean, depending on the region you go, but at least in the coast, we like a lot of oil. We like a lot of rice and potatoes, uh, a lot of verde, which is uh, plantains. Uh, we like cheese. 
So our dishes are, you know, showcase that, showcase our love for rice. If you, if you eat in Ecuador and you do not have rice, especially in the coast, uh, you're not eating properly. They're not treating you like the way they should. Uh, you know, they can take anything from us but rice. Uh, some of the traditional, some of our traditional uh, dishes are, are the yapingacho, which is, that's from the highlands, and that's, you know, kind of, two potatoes, sm smashed potatoes with cheese inside, uh, peanut butter sauce on top, rice, uh, sausages, and, you know, some people put it uh, onions on top, uh, other people don't. So that's one of the things. And they, they do eat kui, which is like a guinea pig. Uh, I have never tried it. I will never try it. But that's something that they eat a lot. Uh, another what? thing that, yeah, I know it's not good. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just don't like it. Uh, I, I used to have two guinea pigs as, as, um, as pets. So every time I saw them, uh -huh. I was like, oh, if you were back home, they would eat you. <laughs> but no. Mm -hmm. uh, then I, I, another delicious plate from the, from my region is the umitas, which is corn, kind of smashed corn, uh, with cheese inside. Uh, then we also have yuca, which is a different type um, of food. I don't know how to explain that in English, but it's, it's called yuca. Uh, then we have, yeah, and with yuca, we do different dishes. Some of them are pan de yuca, which is like yuca bread. Uh, then we also have, you know, a typical meal for Ecuadorians is to have rice, beans, and fried meat. Uh, that's like literally what we eat growing up in our homes always like that's like the um go to to go dish like that's what we normally have for dinner. Uh, and then you know depending on the region like we have so many different things like so many uh, a lot of people like in the highlands eat through uh trouts but just because they get, get it from the river uh in the in, in in the coast we eat all the types of fish so it really depends on where on where you go because we're, as I said several times ago, uh, for several times, uh, we're a really diverse country. So we do have a lot of different type of uh, gastronomy that it, it would just blow mm -hmm. you away from one place to another. I, I would say the Highlands, it has a little bit healthier than we do at the coast uh, just because of the type of products that they are able to produce uh, and, and, you know, and and get from the highlands versus what we can get from the coast. So that also have influenced a lot of what we eat and how we eat. Because in Ecuador, and that's something that we always say to each other, is like, regardless of how poor you are in Ecuador, you would never be able to starve because if you put a seed in the floor, it will grow. It doesn't matter where in Ecuador you are, something's going to grow. Um, so we're really blessed with a really fertile land. And that's why, depending on where you go, there's different things that are more accessible than others. And that's where uh, our gastronomy start developing. Well, well, so your country isn't diverse only when it comes to a land or a geographical point of view, but also in uh, culture, uh, people and food. That's, uh, as I also mentioned many times, it's quite unbelievable, really. So <laughs> if, if, you can, uh, if you can describe Ecuador in one word, I would say diverse. Yeah. <laughs> I will say it too. <laughs> Okay, so we've talked about food and yeah, uh, can we visit Ecuador any time of the year? 
Uh, are there, for example, some festivals or celebrations? Yeah, I mean, uh, Ecuador has several celebrations. Uh, Ecuador is a Catholic country in, in its majority. So there's a lot of celebrations around uh, Catholic uh, holidays. Either it can be because they're celebrating Mary or they are celebrating uh, Holy Week or they are celebrating Christmas. So there's a lot of celebrations that turns around uh, Christianity and Catholicism specifically. There's other holidays that are less uh, popular. I mean, they're popular still, but they're less celebrated, which are more like national holidays. Uh, you know, there's, I, I know that in Ecuador, we celebrate three holidays that are national, that actually the whole country celebrate, which is, I think, the, the, the independence of Guayaquil, the independence of Quito, and independence of Cuenca. Uh, don't, uh, but I would say the best time to go to Ecuador, if you want to enjoy the best time for the beach, will be anywhere from uh, January, December, all the way to April, and the same for the Galapagos. You're gonna get rain because for that, for us, that will be winter. But uh, you will get the most sunny days as well as warmer waters on our beaches. So if you go any other time of the year, the water in the Pacific Ocean would be a little bit colder, and it might not be as sunny on the beach. Anywhere else, it will be fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, but there's like uh, not a special like a part of the year which should be avoided for some reason. If you can adapt, you can travel any time of the year if you want. Yeah, I mean, I will honestly avoid traveling. If you want to go to the beach, I will along. I will avoid traveling uh, during Holy Week just because there's a lot of people going around. It's a national holiday, and even though it's kind of cool, it's just a lot of cows going on as well. And I will avoid. Um, Fat Tuesday, which we call it Carnival, we, just because there's a lot of people going on, there's a lot of partying. I mean, it might sound like a lot of fun activities to do, but at the same time, it's just like when it gets too crowded, it's just not as fun as when you have the beach for yourself, if that makes sense. Um, so I would avoid that, and I would strongly recommend, depending on what you want to do, what activities you want to do, uh, to, to figure it out what's the best time on that particular region that is your uh, priority to visit. Because, for instance, if you like the beach, but you prefer swimming with giant manta rays, then the best time to go is in September. If you would like to see whales, the best time to go is in September. But if you rather just, you know, being at the beach and have a sunny day, then the best time to go might be February. So it depends mostly on what you want to do and what you want to accomplish from that visit and then decide when to go. Because Ecuador, because we're in the equator, we don't really have seasons. We only have rainy season and not rainy season. But besides that two facts, that, that there's nothing else. You know, we don't have winter in the same way. We don't have a spring. We don't have fall. We don't have summer in the same way. Um, and even when it's a raining season, it might be raining for an hour or two and that would be it. So it's not even like you're going to be raining all day and you're not going to want to leave your hotel room because it's so rainy and so awful out there. No, it's just going to be literally rain for an hour and that's about it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you find a really cheap uh, air uh, plane tickets, then go for it and don't be worried that you will spend like two weeks in the rain because it most likely won't happen. And just 
all it depends yeah. on preferences what the person want to do yeah as you said okay okay so that's great and i want to ask you if you know any other interesting facts about ecuador which you haven't mentioned yet well uh the cool thing about ecuador is that we speak spanish <laughs> uh, we, uh a lot of the people do speak english and uh if you want to travel th- uh, right now you know while we're in the pandemic the only thing that ecuador requires is a is a covid test that is done within 10 days of your visit uh and if you go so that's the only thing that you're required otherwise you can do it on your own it's not like other places where you cannot visit certain areas there there's restrictions right now ecuador is a little bit more open in that sense uh of course you need to be precautious you need to wear your masks uh and you need to try to stay away from people but because ecuador there's a lot of uh nature and that's where your visit should be based on it's enjoying our nature Uh, I would say is one of the coolest places to go if you want to travel internationally during the pandemic, uh, just because you don't really need to interact with that many people unless you go to the main cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like those precautions, you do them anyway on in your uh, place where you are from. Exactly. So <laughs> if you if you do it in Ecuador or in Republic or in the US, whatever, so it doesn't matter that much. Okay, so we are coming slowly to an end, and I have one last question. I wanted to ask: Is Ecuador safe? Whew. It depends. Uh, my city is not safe. Guayaquil is not a safe city. Uh, with the pandemic, it got worse. Uh, Quito, it could be safe depending where you go in the city. Uh, I would say never ever drive at night. Uh, that's not safe. I mean. I have done it in the past. Nothing have happened to me, but I would just wouldn't do it. Uh, and if you go to small towns in the highlands or in the rainforest or even in the coast, you're safer just because they try to protect their community. So if they see someone stealing or like doing any of the or any crime, they will take actions on their hands and they will make sure that person never comes again. So in in the smaller community you are, the safer you are in that sense when you're a tourist but i would say just like any other country in south america be careful be aware of your surroundings do not bring expensive things with you uh, if you have a rolex let's say leave it at home you don't need to bring that to ecuador uh, bring your camera bring your cell phone do not bring jewelry do not bring expensive uh, purses just try to blend in uh, try to go places where tourists go. Uh, don't try to go into neighborhoods that are not safe, not even for an Ecuadorian. So just be smart about it, plan your trip accordingly and ask questions. I, I always tell people, and that's everywhere in the world, are not from a particular place, not even a country, but if you're not from that city or that town or whatever, ask questions just to protect yourself. Like I have been robbed in Sweden, a country that is, safe you know yeah yeah so it, it i wouldn't expect that in speed exactly so you know the thing with 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 the with delinquency and things like that is like it all depends on how prepared you are like your standards of security like 
when you feel too safe, you stop caring about asking about worrying because you, you are in a place that is safe. It, when you are in a dangerous place, you are more afraid and you're more aware of your surroundings. So you protect yourself better. So more likely something, nothing's going to happen to you. So I always tell people, it's like, ask questions, ask locals where they recommend going, at what time they recommend going, mm-hmm. what days they recommend going, and then getting a better experience and, 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 and try to feel safer. Mm-hmm. So just be cautious, be careful, make your research, but don't be afraid to travel there. Exactly. That's how I sum it up. Okay. So, yep, that's going to be it, I think. So uh, I must say that I have learned so much today about Ecuador, awesome. also about South America as a wall. And once more, uh, thank you just for making some time and all the information you gave us about your country. And guys, as I said already, if you want to learn more about Ecuador, don't forget to follow just Instagram, travel to blank. Thank you so much for me. Am I saying it right? Yeah, yeah, you're saying it correctly. Thank you so much. I, for me, it was yeah. an honor uh, to be part of this uh, of this podcast and share a little bit more about my beautiful country. I hope all your listeners go and spend some time in Ecuador. Uh, I hope to see new faces on my Instagram account. And if and if you heard this podcast and you want to connect with me, send me a message. I will make sure to respond. And once again, thank you so much for this opportunity. Uh, I had a blast. You had so many interesting questions uh and i would love to you know to talk another con- about another country in the future so thank you so much yeah yeah i also thank you so much too so guys thank you so much for listening and i will see you next week take care bye bye thank you